strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! You know that movie with the ending, that plot twist that you never saw coming? Read the book, Paul. Was that not the Cardinals game against the Vikings and the final kick that was not the kick to the gut for Minnesota. How about, I mean, Wolf, I don't know if you have any plans on just floating through this show. You know, <laughs> you might come out a little flat and you think you can finish strong and pull out a win at the end, but just like the Vikings, I have no plans on taking it easy on you. Okay. Well, like I'm not taking just... I, I hope you packed a lunch. I mean, okay. you're going to wish you applied for the USC job by the end of this show. Just stop it right now, Paul. I mean, honestly, you're starting to bore me, like watching you eat dinner and uh, taking your fork and moving it all around the plate. And forget it, Paul, will you just eat the salad? Um, listen, I, I don't want to listen to you, Paul. I want to revel in the fact that the Arizona Cardinals right now are 2-0, and okay? As an analyst, does it matter how you win? Heck yeah, it does. As an analyst, does it matter how you lose? Oh, of course it does. As an analyst, as a former player, Paul, and here's the player, this is the player coming out of me right now, you take 2-0, and baby, and you run laughing off that field. You take it and you run, baby. Unless they've changed it in the last 30 seconds, um, there are two columns that matter, win and loss. There's there's no extra column for dominant win. Well, there is a tie, Paulie, okay. and we've experienced that yeah. in the Cliff Kingsbury era. Yeah. We just dismiss those, though. Okay, yeah, There are yes. two that are relevant. There are two that matter. There's win and loss. There's no dominant win column. There's no close loss. You should have won column. No, that does not exist in the NFL. So you're right. And like B.A. used to say, it's just as easy to correct your mistakes after a close win than a close loss. You got that right, Paulie. And once again, too, when you look at these three games, right, the games that have been, of course, and the game that, Lord willing, will be coming up with the Jacksonville Jaguar. That first week, the Arizona Cardinals were underdogs going into Would you say they were underdogs, Paul, going into that first week? Were most people saying the Arizona Cardinals are probably going to lose to the Tennessee I mean, Titans. Just flip on any talking head across the nation. Absolutely, they were underdogs. Of course, Paulie. And what did they do? They went out and they railroaded the Tennessee Titans in week number one. And then, of course, the Minnesota Vikings game. And, you know, they came out and in that first half, the offense was up big time. I would say the offense was up overall for the most part for the game. And yet the defense came out a little flat. Well, they came out flat, frankly. And that first half right there, it's the one half of football that they have not played well. But again, every playoff team, Paulie, go back and look at every playoff team. They win one or two of those games just like that. Winning a game that maybe 
you should have lost. And it was a chip it was a chip shot field goal for the Vikings kicker at the end of that game. A 37-yarder, you expect an NFL kicker to make that kick on a regular basis. He didn't. Hey, listen, you make no apologies. You take it and run. And now, coming up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be favored heavily to win that game. They should take care of business. Let's see if they can complete the trifecta. For everyone out there who uh, is now being bored by Wolf, uh, the good news is tight end Max Williams will join us momentarily just around the corner. Even better news, right now we're going to hear from Kyler Murray because, yeah, there was a lot the, left, the Cardinals left out on that field, yet somehow they still managed to put up 30-plus points and 400-plus total yards for the second straight week. Here's Kyler Murray. I tell you all the time, I mean, it's, it comes down to shooting ourselves in the foot and stopping ourselves. Uh, we score, it feels easy, and it feels fun. And then when we, you know, turn the ball over, negative plays, it's like, damn, you know, it feels ugly. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. We have to, uh, we have to continue to get better and uh, continue to practice. So the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, counted 11 negative plays. We know they took D-Hop out of the game after the first quarter. There were obviously protection issues with Kyler. Daniel Hunter, I mean, just give that guy a spot on the all-pro team right yeah. now. I mean, on this show, how many times has DJ Humphreys over the years told us Daniel Hunter might be the most underrated dude in the NFL? We saw yeah. evidence of that. So, yeah, there is a lot to clean up. Yet, you know what? Kyler Murray and Chandler Jones have cleaned up on the Player of the Week awards. <laughs> Kyler's your NFC Offensive Player of the Week. So think about that. Think about the numbers they put up, and they weren't even clicking for the most part. Yeah, Paulie, stop and think about this right now. When you're talking about Kyler Murray, he's played, Paul, I think it's 34 games, Paul. As a matter of fact, Paulie, let me do it. 34 games, I'll say it with certitude, that Kyler Murray has played. He's won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award five times. <laughs> And he should have won it in the first week of the season, all right? Five times. He's won it 15% of the time that he has been a pro. I mean, Paul, it's honestly what this kid is, is evolving and developing into right now. Nobody knows, but I'm telling you, it's starting to clear up the picture of Kyler Murray, is it not? Yeah, come for the arms, stay for the legs, and now it's fear the mind. If he's Ooh. beating you, if he's beating you by deciphering your defense, and he's going through his progressions, and and you see his escape ability, uh, you know, I mean, JJ Watt talked about that today. I asked him about Kyler. He said, "Let me tell you, there's nothing better than being a defensive lineman and sipping on your Gatorade and watching the jumbotron, <laughs> and you see Kyler extending the play for 40 seconds and then throwing a 77-yard <laughs> touchdown, and you realize, okay, I don't have to be the guy dealing with that." So. Defense of players like yeah. that first down move the chain stuff right buda baker after the game after the cardinals were torched on the ground in the first half and they had to make some serious halftime adjustments here's buda on how the cardinals won that game i mean that was definitely an ugly game but sometimes you got to win those ugly games you know our offense did a great job putting so much points on the on the board for us and the defense you know we got to be better special teams we got to almost blocked a punt got that penalty you know a lot of penalties we can we can be better but a win is a win one and no mentality cars win that's right. right man you take it and run paulie okay but if we're in the trust tree right now there are two words i don't like paul get out of my tree gap integrity I think a gap integrity, I start thinking of Robert Kimdichie and some of those defensive fronts, and you just can't have it. You just can't have the whole – Vance Joseph said it 
again today that it was an issue. And so, all right, is that a matter of focus? They made the adjustments at halftime. Buddha went on in that postgame interview, and I asked him specifically, what was the adjustment? He said, we went jumbo, quote, unquote. Yes. Not exactly sure how you define jumbo. If they went with an extra defensive lineman, they were going four and five defensive linemen. I'm not exactly sure, but they managed to neutralize Chandler Jones as well, the Minnesota Vikings did. And Kirk Cousins had a clean pocket almost the entirety of the game. Yeah, no, Polly. I think they did. They actually brought in an extra defensive lineman. I think that is exactly what DeBoot is referring to. But they did it against some power personnel groups as well. But they did play a lot better in that second half period against the run. The first half was just an abomination. It was. There's no other way to actually say it. That is... Uh, right now, the defense, you look at the defensive side of the ball for the Arizona Cardinals, they have played three really good halves, and then they played one bad half of football so far. The offense for the Arizona Cardinals, for the most part, I think, has been fairly consistent overall. The special teams has got to play better. That has always been a strength since Jeff Rogers showed up here. He's an excellent special teams coordinator. The Cardinals have had a good special teams, except for a, a field goal here and there, and that's an important thing. I don't make this. I don't mean to make it uh, sound like it's not important. Matt Prater, though, now of course has really shored up that part, that phase of the game for the Cardinals. Man, I'm telling you right now, if if they can get more consistency out of the defensive side of the ball, this is going to go real nice. Did Minnesota just put a blueprint out there against the Cardinals' defense? One that. The Jacksonville Jaguars might follow with James Robinson, who, yes. by the way, was fifth in rushing yards a year ago. For some reason, with a rookie quarterback, he's been underutilized, just 16 carries in two games. I know they got behind, but they really haven't been blown out. That's sort of a no comprendo. I mean, if I'm Jacksonville and Daryl Bevel and I'm looking at the Cardinals, I'm coming out with a similar approach, and, and I'm going to run it straight up the middle. And it was shocking, Wolf, A, based on what the Cardinals' defense did in Tennessee, obviously, but then B, that interior O-line from Minnesota was nothing to write home about. They, they were exposed against Cincinnati. They no. were using backup tackles. I, I was shocked. I think the stat from Craig Grillo, he figured it out. In the first half, there were six runs by Dalvin Cook of 10 yards or more. And I'm telling you, Every one of those, I think he was untouched until the second level. Yeah, Polly, and once again, that was the real disturbing part to me. There were two parts of it. Number one, it was the first half and how the defense played in that first half. Because honestly, coming off week one and what they did against Derrick Henry, I wanted to see them put the hammer down on that questionable offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings. And then it was the end game scenario where the offense could not run the timeout, take the rest of the four minutes and win the game. And the defense couldn't keep the Vikings from going down and trying to attempt a field goal, a makeable field goal. So if you're on the Cardinals side, you hope that all those things you have to correct actually got the players attention and you're not paying attention to the fact the Jaguars have lost 17 straight games good news max williams had a career game and he joins us next the big cardinals tight end on the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford
throws to the right. Max Williams with a catch at the 40, breaks a tackle 45-50 into Viking territory at the 47, throwing down the seam. It's caught by Williams inside the 10 and down to the 8-yard line. A beautiful throw by Kyler Murray. Play action, Murray in the pocket. Tried to dump it off, it's deflected and caught by Max Williams at the 40 and the 45 and the 50 into Viking territory where he's finally brought down. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. See the man catch the ball that's batted into the air. <laughs> Max Williams, Johnny on the spot, baby. I understand the music. I thought it was like a blooper reel music. I'm like, what are you talking about? These are great catches. But I see, Wolf, you were sort of going with a circus theme is what you're going with, Dave Pash, on Arizona Cardinals Radio Network, correct? There's no doubt about it, Bully. That's exactly what it was right there. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the ball was batted, what, twice? And Max just acted like, you know what? This is nothing, man. Just snatched it right out of the air. Yeah, tip drill. It was in the second quarter, (laughs) second and 10, 30-plus yards, and the man himself joins us last we left big tight end max williams who was in the cardinals locker room in the postgame radio interview your phone with the minnesota area code was blowing up max and uh if memory serves you were denying you had ever said the words you betcha so uh you know what kind of week have you had welcome max thanks for joining us on the big red rage you know it's uh it's a typical game week for me that's the way i've treated it gone to work all week now and uh we have practice tomorrow morning then we fly out and just getting the best and most prepared I can get for Jacksonville. Max, you had a big day. There's no doubt about that. And you were heavily involved in the offense, but you are every week. It's not a situation where, you know, the Arizona Cardinals move the ball without you contributing, not only in terms of catching the ball from time to time, but also when you're run blocking. What do you take more pride in, if anything? You know, I think as a tight end, I, uh, I try to take pride in everything we have to do. And that's, Obviously, being on the line of scrimmage, being in the run game, getting dirty with those old linemen in the trenches. But we also got to take pride in we still have to be able to run routes, win man routes. So we actually, it's a lot of perfecting our craft on both ends of the ball. So I think we've taken pride in knowing that tight ends, we have to be good at doing both of them. You had a career high in catches with seven. You had a career high in receiving yards with 94. Is there anything you can bottle up from that game and take going forward? Meaning, what did you like about how that game went for you? You know, for me, I like – obviously, it's great getting seven catches. Obviously, I think I made some good blocks, but there was things I knew I had to clean up, things that, you know, just normal people wouldn't know watching because our schemes and stuff. So, really, for me, this week, what I take from that game is try to improve on the things I did wrong or not up to my standards and then just prepare to be the best I can this week. You know, this is a question that I love to ask every player that we have on, but do you tend to pick at yourself, Max? Are you somebody that really you move yourself onto the magnifying glass and you don't want to talk about, you know, your successes? You want to talk about your minuses. You want to talk about those things that, man, every player goes out and experiences, gets a negative, of course, when he's being graded. Do you focus? Do you have a tendency of focusing on the things you need to fix? You know, I think uh, after the season and the off seasons, when it's a good time to look back and reflect on the good games and the bad games, and that's when you can really enjoy the good moments that you had. But for me right now, it's a brand new week, and everything that happened the last two games, you got to forget about. Yep. You got to put them out of your head, and you got to get your mindset for the next game because it's the NFL. Every week, something new can happen. It's a new team every week. It's new defenses, and if you don't put the time in and the work in, and forget about your success and failures in the past. You'll never be prepared for the next mm-hmm. week. All right. If Max Williams won't talk about Max Williams, then we'll ask Cliff Kingsbury about his tight end, and that's exactly what happened earlier this week. Here's the head coach. 
They played a bunch of two-shell defense, and we knew that, that he'd have a chance to work down the seams and across the middle some, and he had a really nice game. The deflection that he caught uh, when we were really stagnant on offense, I think, really woke us up and got us going, and that was a huge play in the ballgame. All right, Cliff Kingsbury on the why and the how. And, and, and you tell us, Max, I mean, when a tight end is effective in the passing game in a Cardinals game, is it usually down the seams? And do you have a sense when you're game planning during the week, oh, okay, these are a few coverages and this is the sort of team where a tight end really could be a big factor in the passing game? You know, I think a lot of that goes down to credit to Cliff and the coaches because ultimately they're the ones that are going to make the game plan and our job is to go out there and execute the game plan. So for me, it's more get the game plan, get what we're going to want, and then apply it to the defense that we know we're going to be playing against. So I'd say each and every week it's more trying to apply what our coaches want us to run against what defenses we're going to be playing. Max, do you feel that you're taking on more of a leadership role inside that locker room? You know, I always try for that. Obviously, I'm in my seventh year now, and I know there's guys older on the team, but I think in our actual locker room right now, there's so many guys that are leader of – of our team that aren't per se our captains. I mean, there's guys like Christian Kirk, Chase, all those guys that do every little detail, push every single person. So really, I would say there's so many leaders in our locker room. We all try to elevate each other. Max Williams, our guest, Cardinals tight end of the Big Red Rage, uh, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. It's all about you. You know, I'm going to ask you a question A.J. Green was asked earlier today. The question was along the lines of, look, with D-Hop and Christian Kirk and now Rondale Moore, there's so many other receivers, you're probably getting less attention than ever, especially his years in Cincinnati where he's a number one and getting double teamed all the time. How about you as a tight end? Just the tight end in this offense with all the receiving weapons, I mean, that position could be a consistent target. It might be an afterthought, but but for Kyler, considering you know all these receivers are going to be getting all that attention, it could be really effective, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with that. I think with all the weapons that we have on offense and all our receivers that they have to worry about, including our running back room, I mean, I think it's opportunities for tight ends especially, but all the other receivers across the board because teams don't have enough guys to cover all our receivers, so someone's always going to be open. And I think that's a luxury that we're going to try to keep going forward and building on it to try to become an offense that we want to be. Max, I think you are so integral to the success of this offense because I think, especially in 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, I think the run-pass ratio has really evened out a little bit. And you are really key to that because I think you're an excellent blocker, especially at the point of attack. How much much pride do you take in that, Max? Because I, I don't think you could run the same offense without a guy that could come off the ball and be physical like you are. You know, I think a lot of that's credit to my tight end coach here, Steve Hyden, because uh, when I got here, I think I was half the player that he's turned me into. I got to give all the credit in the world to him and my run blocking and the technique I use. And I take a lot of pride in that now because up until obviously about this year, I haven't got as many pass catches and I turned more into a blocking tight end after getting hurt in Baltimore and getting here. So really, I took pride in that because I knew that was my chance to make a difference for our team. So really, that's what I strive for. The fact your dad spent a decade in the NFL as an offensive lineman, uh, you know, how, <laughs> I, I mean, you got to take pride in that, right? I mean, that's in your family DNA. I mean, I, I try to say it's in my family DNA to be a snapper because my dad did field goals. So I really take the heart that I should, I should have been a long snapper if I'm really going to follow my dad's footsteps. But no, it's, it's, it's great having him, obviously, for him playing so long, being an old lineman. 
when I, especially when I was really getting becoming a tight end in college and all that, it was great to have him in my corner, just helping with the little things. So I'll, it's, I'm so close with my dad. It's, it's unbelievable having him in my corner, and I love having him here for every game. You know what is so cool as well, Max, is watching you play because you've got the little pitter-patter feet. Has anyone ever told you this? Of course they've told you this, right? I mean, you're not a long strider, are you, Max? No, there is, there is no long stride in my running. <laughs> but, hey, hey, short pitter-patter and long stride. As long as I get mine going quick enough, I'll cover so, enough ground. But is you that- know what's great about that, Max, is be, you've always got your feet up underneath you. It's one of the things that I absolutely love, and it's one of the reasons why I think you're always in a hitting position with those feet underneath you. I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's just been something my whole life. I've had a short stride, so... It helps me in some things, and it hurts me in some others. <laughs> Is that what Larry was giving you a hard time about on the sideline? Was the last season, the season before, you had the long catch and run and the score? <laughs> that, was, uh, that was in 19. That's not even fair. Larry's giving me all that crap because I wasn't running that fast. And that was the game I hurt my ankle that year. Yes. So he's over here making fun of me to the public and everything. In the locker room, he's laughing about it because he knew there was nothing to do about it. <laughs> hey, Max, you haven't heard from Larry, have you? I mean, you haven't heard anything from him have you, while we're talking to you. Right, come on, are you going to break some news on Fitz? <laughs> oh, I wish I could break some news yes, on Fitz. Yes, I know. Yeah, as far as I uh... know, he's enjoying the golf, man. Especially the Ryder Cup this weekend. I bet he's going to enjoy that. Boy, you know him too well. Yeah. Check check your phone. He probably just texted you a video clip of him teeing off in Hawaii. That's that's what he's doing <laughs> with all the receivers. So it's, uh, you know. But look, that was the most receiving yards by a Cardinals tight end since Rob Awalt. Wow. I mean, Wolf, former te- – did you ever fight Rob Awalt, Wolf? I always no. have to ask him this, Max. <laughs> Any of his former teammates, I have to ask him if he actually fought he fought Rob Awalt. Max, it was a different era in the National Football League, all right? You, you fought everybody. Oh, heck, heck you, prob- you probably fought Max's dad because he played in the same era as I, you, I, for I, all we know. I Who don't knows? want to comment on that, yeah. but no. I did not fight Rob Awalt. <laughs> By the way, your dad comes to every game. Did I hear you say that, Max? Yeah, my uh, my mom and dad actually get to make it to every game. Oh, that is that so is really cool, so. They'll be man. in Jacksonville, just home games, or they're going to be in Jacksonville. Nope, Jacksonville. I think actually Jacksonville. I think it's my mom, my dad, and my grandma and my one aunt are going down to the game. Wow. Wow, oh my and, goodness, that's and, awesome. And I, I have an unbelievable support system from everyone from my wife supporting me to my parents, my brother and my sister, my sisters, my brother in law to my entire extended family. It's crazy how many people I have in my corner and it's it's really a blessing. It's a football family right there, Max. Well, no joke. I mean three generations worth your grandfather is in the college football hall of fame if I saw correctly, oh, right, Max? You know, from I, I actually never met my my dad's dad, my grandfather. Okay. Okay. Well, so I'm just looking at the that, bio. I know. I, I would have to ask my dad. I know I know he did a lot at Notre Dame. So a lot of his overall stuff, though, I'd be more in discussion with my dad. I would have to ask him those. Well, that shows how humble you are because he was selected number two overall in the 1951 draft by the Bears, and he was an All-American quarterback at Notre Dame. How about that? We continue with Cardinals tight end Max Williams and the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Second and nine on the 12. Murray in an empty set has the football. And it's going to be a quarterback run up the middle. At the 10, at the 5, Murray dies for the end zone. And he's in for the touchdown. Kyler Murray makes him pay with a 12-yard run. 
And then an unusual touchdown celebration. Now, he was already on the ground, but did you see he kind of did like the yoga pose with his legs crossed and his fingers in the air? Tyler, your touchdown celebration, was that just a yoga pose or was yeah, that a nod to Chandler? That's why I was just talking to those guys. I was like, I've never watched Star Wars before, so I don't, it, I didn't, you know, I got to my phone, I see people talking about Baby Yoda. For, like, I had no clue what that was. You know, I, I wasn't intending to do that because of that. But yeah, I've never watched Star Wars before, so I don't know. There's your NFC Offensive Player of the Week. If we had the lie detector on, do you think it would have gone off? I, I'm not, you know, Wolf, you're no. a huge Star Wars guy. When The Mandalorian came out, you kept inviting me over for family movie Stop night. It, and Polly. You know, so I, I don't know if that's plausible or not. Obviously, he's a young guy. Uh, you know what quite... I will say, Paul? I'd be yeah. Hans, of course, and you'd be an Ewok. <laughs> no. That much I am willing okay. to say. All right. I'm, I'm going to ignore that and uh, get to Max Williams, our guest. Uh, what do you think the buy-in was in the locker room, In meaning did the guys buy the fact that Kyler's never seen Star Wars before because Cliff Kingsbury, Max, was a little offended by that, said he was a huge Luke Skywalker guy growing up, and he didn't know how to take that. You know, for me, my bet would be he's probably not lying. I mean, I've never known K-1 not to tell the truth, so and he's a big video game guy, so I don't know if he's really into movies. I never really even heard him talk about movies first, so for me, he says he hasn't seen it. I'm, I'm going to say he hasn't. So, Max, what about you? I, I mean, are you a Star Wars guy? Are you a Marvel guy? Are you, you know... A, oh, I'm a, I'm a huge movie guy. All those movies. Really? I'm a huge movie guy. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. like, what kind, what, what kind of genre of a movie? Like, a, anything but something scary. I, I, I'm, I'll openly admit, I don't like scary movies. They're scary. <laughs> they give me nightmares. I'm with not you on that. That's, that's not enjoyable to me to go to you know, <laughs> I, I don't the, the horror. Scared. Like, I, I don't yeah. like to be scared. Why yeah. do I need to watch a movie that's going to scare me? But you yeah. like a thriller. You like a good action thriller or something like that, right? Yeah. I'm just talking about like that paranormal activity. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Like right. No, I'm with you on that stuff. Yeah. stuff where demons are coming back. Yeah. yeah. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a specific movie question for you, but first, First, let's hear from the head coach. Here's the comment when he asked about Kyler saying he's never seen Star Wars. Pretty heartbroken that Kyler's never seen Star Wars because from about age four to nine, I wanted nothing more in life than to be Luke Skywalker. So <laughs> I think he could learn some from, from that trilogy, if you will. And on his coach's TV show, Wolf, we confirmed there. Yeah, he is offended. A little bit, a little bit by that. So, okay, he's <laughs> going to move on. Uh, but did we not hear during training camp, Max, that uh, Ricky Bobby was going to be part of movie night for the tight end room, in particular for one Bernhard Sykovitz. <laughs> that, uh, that started with uh, me and Ian when Ian was still uh, with us. We're big move. Both of us are big movie guys, so we're always in the, the training room or like the meeting room. We're always saying movie quotes, and we kept doing Ricky Bobby and Talladega Night ones for Psycho because <laughs> – like the way he learned English is so proper. So all of our slang and stuff, he just has <laughs> no idea. Like he's trying to figure it out. So we're trying to teach him just funny slang things. And so we made him have a, a little movie report, made him watch the movie. And then we gave him some good questions about it. So does he walk around now and say, shake and bake? <laughs> no, but if we ask him, hey, like, what's that, what's that signature move by Ricky Bobby? You'll know it's shake and bake. <laughs> okay, so, Max, go ahead and look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are you seeing on tape when you watch these guys play defensively? You know, I think it's a team that they're, they're, uh, they're putting it together, the whole team in general. I mean, I think you do watch every game from preseason one to where they played last week. I think that defense is playing really good football, and I think they're one of the strong parts of their team. So I know we're going to have our work cut out for us, and we're going to have to go out there and execute on every single play. 
Yeah, the defense wasn't really why they lost the game to Denver. They had three sacks to Teddy Bridgewater, who's a mobile quarterback. Uh, they held Denver 2 of 11 on third down. They held Denver's rushing game 3.2 yards a carry. Uh, how aggressive are they? W- will they bring numbers? Do you guys have to worry about them dialing it up? You know, I think it's it's one of those, I don't want to say too much, but we're expecting, you know, it's game still, what, three days away. But <laughs> they're definitely a defense that are going to get down there, they're going to get dirty, and they're going to do things that are going to get exotic. So we have to be ready for all sorts of their pressures that they bring. You know what, I think that's probably going to be the way that it's going to go the rest of the season. I think, Max, you're going to see a lot of poking. I think you're going to see a lot of prodding, trying to figure out how teams are going to attack you. Right now, I would, just based on the first two games, I would try to do everything that I possibly could to keep Kyler Murray in the pocket. I mean, and you know that it's a lot easier said than done. But, man, I'm talking about a full-on mush rush. Just try to do everything you can to keep him in the pocket and then play zone behind it because those just watching the tape through the first two games – that's where he's thrown his interceptions, and maybe defensive coordinators are going to continue to poke and prod by doing that. What do you say to that? You know, I'd say if you uh, you would ask K1 about those interceptions, that would be him, his answer for me because, in my opinion, some of those things, like if on the second pick, if you watch the film, you actually see that K1's actually getting hit as he's throwing it. And so I, I can't comment on that because I'm not a quarterback, so I really don't know what goes through his head and how they make those decisions. You know, that's that's why they're K-1. That's the quarterback. Really yeah. So I can't really say too much about that, but all I can say about K-1 is I think I think he's so dangerous no matter where he is, and I think he makes all those plays in the pocket, even though to credit the old line. Like, it's almost a good thing if he's in the pocket because that means the old line's playing unbelievable. Right. Well, well, remember we asked, in fact, you asked the head coach Cliff Kingsbury on his TV show, Wolf, this week about the mush rush, and he said, well, if they choose to do that, great, because yeah. that gives Kyler more time, and I'm confident he can go through his reads, and we have enough weapons, he's going to find someone open. So that was an interesting answer to that question. But you know, it's, a lot not, of... it's not just that, Paulie, though. It really is. I mean, this is what they did to Russell Wilson, right? Sure. Year number two, year number three, Max. They tried to keep Russell Wilson in the pocket at all cost and forced him to go ahead and throw the ball from the pocket and beat them from the pocket. I I think that's what defensive coordinators are going to do to you guys, Max, going forward. And they they might just get the Russell Wilson effect with K-1 going out and beating him because he's certainly capable of doing that. You know, I think with that, I think it's, that's that's coaches. That's why the coaches come up with the game plans. If guys are going to play us a certain way because they're worried about K one getting outside of the pocket and using his legs, well then we just got to run the ball better, or we got to get in the play yep. action game better. You know, there's there's answers to everything. So I think that's why we game plan. I think that's why we adapt to what teams do at halftime and we we'll make adjustments on the sidelines. And I think you just go into a game with your game plan and however it unfolds. In the end, all that matters is if you want to lose. Well, you are so you are such a veteran. That is such a good answer right there. That is well played by you, Max. Tita and Max Williams, our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. A lot has been made this week about the scramble drill. And Cliff Kingsbury said, yes, we do practice it. Kyler said, absolutely, we practice it. It's That second phase of a play can be one of the most effective aspects of any high-powered offense. Cliff Kingsbury said they study in the offseason all the top offenses. They have that ability. And obviously, Kyler's made some defenses pay. What does that mean for you as a receiving target? If you're out on a route and he's on the run, what does that mean for you? 
you know, I think I think what it means to me and everyone else is that the play's never over with K1. I mean, you guys have seen it for the first two games that Kyler makes so many plays with his legs to escape certain things or extend plays that really the play has two parts, the whole beginning and then everything that happens when everything goes crazy and K1's making plays. So that is something you have to drill. And we do, I would say, twice a week, if not more, work on something like the scramble drill because so many plays are able to be made in that second half of the play. You know, I, do you feel like the onus has been on the offense, especially early in the season here, as the defense kind of finds its way with all the young players that are actually playing on the defensive side of the ball? Do you think you guys have the yoke of responsibility around you right now to go out and really put up some numbers, post some points as well, carry this team early in the season, knowing you've got all those young guys on the defensive side of the ball? No, I wouldn't say we feel there's responsibilities because we know throughout the whole year there's going to be times where the offense isn't performing and defense is going to have to hold a team under 14 points for us to win. And then there's going to be times where defense is giving up some points because things aren't really falling their way and the offense has to take responsibilities. And people always tend to forget, I mean, how big and important special teams is. That whole third Mm -hmm. phase of the game, I mean, there's times where all three of our phases are going to need to step up and really help carry the team to win that game. I think that comes down to just our whole model of we have to finish. And so I think everyone's taking responsibility and saying, hey, this is the game that we're going to have to do this to win. If you take that mentality in each and every week, you should be successful. How about the responsibility when it comes to complacency? And that was a word Kyler Murray used in training camp to describe the end of last season, sort of that 18th opponent on the Cardinals' schedule. And then Cliff Kingsbury said after this last game, yeah, we came out flat. So tell me about that and if that's a risk, you think, going against a team that has lost 17 games in a row. You know, I think uh, I think last week offense did come out flat. I mean, compared to how we felt in week one, I feel like in week two we did come out a little flat, a little slow. You could say maybe it's because we were feeling good about the Tennessee game or it just wasn't going our way. So I think going into this game this week, it's it's the next opponent. It's any given Sunday. So really that's we're all stepping up as we haven't won a game yet this year and they haven't played a game yet this year. And, we have to win every battle we can. That's the whole thing about it, right, in the National Football League. Even when you have a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars that are totally rebuilding, you just never know. Every guy on the field is capable of going out and playing. You've got to get yourself up, Max. This is this is about you guys getting yourself up and getting ready to play and going out and being a pro. And I think this locker room is loaded with guys like you who are pros, and that's the reason why I expect such good things. And Max, we thoroughly enjoyed it. I still say you need to walk up on Kyler and tell him, hey, I was a heck of a running quarterback in high school. <laughs> I think you still need to tell him that. Oh, uh, you know what? Whatever K1 would want me to do, I'll tell him whatever he wants to hear. As long as we're winning games <laughs> and we're having fun, that's right. That's all that matters. As long as you get seven catches and 94 yards receiving, that's a double ding. Absolutely, I Max. Mean, I thank w- you. I would not complain if that happened every game. That's right. Max, that's right. thank you so much, buddy. You're the best, man. And you so still shouldn't. Thanks you, for having me, guys. You still shouldn't have shaved the mustache, but that's another conversation. We appreciate it <laughs> and uh, look forward to seeing you on the flight tomorrow. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. 
to throw Murray in trouble. Spins out of there to his left, being chased by two Vikings, and launches it deep, wide open, near side at the 40s. Rondell Moore caught at the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Kyler Murray, you are ridiculous. Murray Magic, 77-yard touchdown pass. 99.9% of the quarterbacks on the planet get sacked. But not only does Kyler Murray not get sacked, he throws a touchdown. Nasty is as nasty does, and we all know that Kyler Murray is nasty. The stuff you see in dreams and in video games, but not in the NFL. Wow! I got a huge reaction from the collective voice of the Arizona Cardinals, Dave Pash. Ron Wolfley was on board with yours truly, Paul Calvisi, wrapping up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. And if I had to rate the biggest reaction in that entire Vikings win on the Cardinals sideline, it had to have been that play. Wolf, what is it? What is it that elicits such reaction about that 77-yard strike from Kyler to Rondale Moore? Yeah, you know what, Paulie? I, I think all his talents are on display for everybody to see in a situation like that. We saw it certainly in the Hal Murray against the Buffalo Bills in 2020, and I think you saw it right there again, doing the whirly bird out of the pocket, rolling out to his left once again. You saw the athleticism. You, you saw the speed. Then you saw the arm talent as well, the way that he's running and throws the ball dead on the run and the accuracy of his throws. I, I he, All the physical displays, uh, everything is there for everybody to see his raw talent. And that, I think, is the reason why you get so moved when you watch Kyler Murray play. Listen, Paul, it's not just what Kyler Murray is doing that has got the attention of the NFL. It's how he's doing it. He's defying a lot of the logic. And like on that play right there, you know, you would think, okay, no, that play's over. He's going down. No, that is not the case. He's breaking rules in the league that have existed forever, basically. And now he has Rondale Moore, yet another weapon, who, by the way, leads all rookie receivers in receiving yards and is top five in the NFL in all-purpose yards. Think about that. <laughs> he is having an impact akin to another rookie receiver once upon a time and former host of the Big Red Rage, Anquan Bolden, who was in the news because he is one of 122 modern-era nominees announced for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. I, I, I know how you feel about Q. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the mentality and the manner in which he played football. And with that in mind, and with Jacksonville on the schedule, this is circa 2005, Anquan Bolden was mic'd up. Now, remember, he's a receiver, not a middle linebacker. <laughs> Listen to him, John, with a DB. No, you don't want to see me. You garbage as heck, yo. You don't want to see me. You don't want to see me. Put you on your back. You don't want to see this. You don't want to see this. You garbage. You don't want to see this, playboy. I put you on your back every play. That's what's up. No, you can't see me. You garbage, dude. That's why you don't start. You garbage. <laughs> oh, now you get a name on the back of your jersey. I'm sorry right there. Oh, my goodness. That is just that is unbelievable. A wide receiver. You just don't hear a wide receiver talking like he's playing Mike Linebacker. It's just, that was oh my, my goodness. That was my first year on the sideline. And you talk about being <laughs> wide-eyed. I'm like, is this what it's really like down here? When even the receivers sound like this? Oh, my goodness. Are you serious, Paulie? Yeah. I mean, that, he was your first year? and he That was, was my, my first year. And oh I, my. I witnessed that, and I heard that firsthand. I'm like, I need my blankie. I was, uh, <laughs> I, it was unbelievable. So, Anquan Bolden, all the best in your bid. <laughs> 
to make the Hall of Fame. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, and we bring it up every time the Cardinals play Jacksonville, which isn't very often. But, Wolf, we talked a little bit about Jacksonville's defense. Obviously, they're more known for the offense because of the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, and then the head coach, Urban Meyer, who's already apologized to the fans after the second loss of the season. And people are trying to tell him, pump the brakes. You got to, okay, we know you won three national championships, yeah. but this is the way it goes in the NFL when you take over a 1-15 in team. So when you look at Jacksonville's offense, give us a quick scouting report. You know, the Jaguars constantly put Trevor Lawrence on the move. They like to move him out of the pocket, whether it's a bootleg to the strength strength of the formation or a waggle to the weak side of the formation. They like to go ahead and run down situation, Paulie. They'll they'll use that athleticism that Trevor Lawrence has and put him on the move. Um, they, they love play action as well. They'll use the RPOs. They do that very, very well. I also have seen them put uh, Trevor Lawrence under center and run 22 and 23 double. The mm. power without the pull, a la Tom Brady, of course and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and B.A., what he does. They love to use the play action that comes off of that. They'll put him under center a lot, as a matter of fact. He's in the gun, I would say, the majority of the time, but it's really, really close in regard to them putting him under center a lot. I think they're trying to grow and expand that part of not only Trevor Lawrence's repertoire, but also Urban Myers. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence has five picks, four touchdown passes through two games. It's not a very balanced offense. They really haven't tried to run it, even though James Robinson was the fifth-leading rusher in the NFL a year ago. He hasn't gotten a lot of carries. I know they've gotten down early. They had that season-opening loss at Houston, which was just rife with errors. And the media reports use words like debacle and dysfunctional to describe the Jaguars coming out and that Houston loss. Uh, They appear to be much more crisp uh, against the Broncos. They still lost 23-13. They went down the field on their first drive and scored. And then after that, there was only 106 yards of total offense after that opening drive that ended up in the end zone. So, you know, what concerns you or where do you have the most fear in this Jacksonville matchup week three on the road? You know, Polly, it's just the fact that it's Jacksonville on the road. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this. You know the way I feel. I respect every opponent, every player in the National Football League. But this game is truly about Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals taking care of business themselves, going on the road. Listen, I I don't mean any disrespect whatsoever, but when you look at the secondary for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Paulie. That cornerback room is just devastated. Paulie, it it is a mess right now. And when you think of the first week of the season, the Titans secondary was a mess. The onus was on the Cardinals in their passing attack in particular to go out and throw the ball. That's exactly what they did. The Minnesota Vikings, their secondary isn't great either. You know what? The onus was on the offense to go out and score points. That's what they did. They scored 34 points in that game. I think the exact same thing is in place for this game right here. The Jaguars are number 27 in passing yards per game allowed and number 27 in passing yards per play allowed. You put those two things together, that and the fact they're not great at getting to the quarterback, and now you've got a team that is struggling against the pass. Paul, this is a franchise quarterback game where Kyler Murray will take on that yoke of being a franchise quarterback take the spear, the tip of the spear, and then attack the Jacksonville Jaguars through the air and get his team to play well and win the game. You know, there are three things that concern me coming out of that game against the Vikings. One, that they effectively neutralized Chandler Jones. 
He had three quarterback pressures. He was not a factor in the game, certainly not like week one. Number two would be gap integrity or lack thereof, and, and Vance Joseph talked about that. And then number three, they found a way to take D-Hop out of the game after the first quarter. You know, th- Those are three lasting impressions from that game if you're looking to fix things after a victory that stand out to me coming off week two. Yeah, Paulie, I think honestly a lot of teams are going to try to do that. They're going to high-low DeAndre Hopkins, right? They're going to put somebody on him down low. They're going to have somebody over the top of him, high-low him. They're going to play in and out, which is a bracket on him. Rarely are they going to leave him alone. And I honestly think that at some point in time, yeah, you might want to force some balls into him because he's so good in terms of catching 50-50 balls. But, Paul, you've got to be so careful. I mean, you're, you're developing Kyler Murray. Look at the way he's spreading the ball. Look at how many guys have gotten involved in this offense through the first two weeks of the season. You want him to throw the ball to the open guy and not try to force everything yep. into it. And once you beat a defense and beat a defensive coordinator by doing that, they'll take some chances on freeing up DeAndre Hopkins because they know they can get beat elsewhere. And that's when you go back to them. Well, and that's what Drew Stan told us this week on the Red Sea Report, that the second interception downfield, that yes, he's got ridiculous arm talent, and yes, he might have been hit, but that is a risky throw because you're forcing that one. And yes. that's when you get the interceptions and so yeah I, I, that's a valid point no doubt hey a reminder episode two of cardinals folktales entitled the night the goalposts vanish is available now on the cardinals youtube channel youtube.com slash az cardinals the night the cardinals took down the mighty cowboys and then the fans took down the goalposts and went down the street for max williams special thanks same with jim omohundro and jeff darge for ron wolfley on paul calvisi this has been the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club